0: Welcome back to the Nerdcast. This is Astra Neil, the Buff Nerd. Today we're going to talk about something uh, particularly interesting to me currently, and it is the President of the United States of America. Um, Specifically, how the United States government works with different checks and balances, where you have the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. And this, honestly, is really important um, with... Everyone now campaigning for president with Republicans debating, Democrats debating, everyone campaigning for president. We want to know what the president does and why they're important and who will, who will be the best fit for that job. And so I also just think it's, it's really cool how the Founding Fathers designed our government to where everyone has, has power, but no one has all the power. And of course, it has changed over time and definitely is not as good now as it was when the, when the Constitution was first written, I don't think. I think that it has been muddied. Uh, the waters have been muddied. The Constitution has been distorted to a degree or interpreted in ways that it probably um, was not the way the Founding Fathers intended. But I still think it's really cool how we have the executive branch, like the president, the vice president, his cabinet. We have the legislative branch, that's Congress, that's the Senate and the House of Representatives. And we have the judicial branch, that's the Supreme Court and all the other courts. And so it's really cool how they all kind of have some power that's different from each other. Um. So what I really want to talk to you about is how the legislative branch, that is Congress, and the executive branch, that is the president and the vice president and cabinet, how they interact with each other and how they affect each other. Um, like I said, they are different branches of the government with different, with different roles, different jobs, different powers, but they really have an important relationship with each other. Um, there's a lot of different examples of, of how they're related. One of them would be uh, if the president who's, or the guy running for president, if no one wins the majority of the electoral college, which, by the way, the, the, electoral, the electoral college is the complicated way in which presidents are elected. I know we, every single American can go vote for the president, but ultimately they're just voting for the electors who are then going to vote for the president. It's a complicated thing. Maybe someday I'll do a podcast about that. But there's been twice in American history when none of the candidates actually won the Electoral College. Um, the Electoral College did not have a majority of votes for any candidate. And when that happens, the House of Representatives, which is one of the Houses of Congress, they get to select the president. So this is super important. It's happened twice so far. Maybe it'll happen again. Who knows? But the House of Representatives, that's half of Congress. The other half of Congress is the Senate. But the House gets to... Uh, select the president if the Electoral College cannot select the president. And then another thing about the executive branch is the vice president. That's basically the sidekick to the president. That's like if Batman was president, Robin would be the vice president. Um, But the vice president is also the presiding officer of the Senate. So he's basically the president of the Senate. Now, used to the vice presidents do this a lot more than nowadays. Nowadays, the vice president has a lot of other roles as well and is less involved in the Senate. But he still has what's called the deciding vote. So if the Senate is voting something and they're tied or it's a closed vote, the vice president can come in and he can vote and break the tie. And so a lot of times he, um, he has another guy in the Senate, a, a senator, um, who is selected to be the president pro tempore and basically um, like command and preside over the Senate. But the vice president is the official head of the Senate and he can come in and run the Senate. So that is, that is a really cool thing. Um, now you, you hopefully know this. If you don't, this is like key ground, ground, ground level 101 government. The Congress passes laws. That's why they're called legislative, but the president is the one who sees that the laws are carried out and enforced and executed. That's why it's called the executive branch. So they work together in that way where Congress is passing laws, the Senate and the house are passing laws, and the president is making those laws happen. Now, the executive branch, that's the president, vice president, the cabinet, etc., they actually get to draw up the federal budget and propose the budget. But Congress is the one that passes it. Okay, So the legislative branch is the one that votes on it and makes sure it actually happens. But then it goes back to the executive branch. The president gets to oversee the spending of the money. So it's bouncing back and forth. No one's doing everything, but everyone is doing something. I just think that's really cool. Now, it does make, make things more complicated. People say, oh, this one's so red tape. It's so complicated. There's, it takes forever to get things done because it has to go to all the different branches. And yes, that's true. But in a way, it prevents tyranny and dictatorship and, um, and, and things like that that we have seen in other nations throughout history. And that's why, side note here, it's really important to study history. It's really, really important to study history because You can learn from the mistakes of people and nations in the past. And that's what the founding fathers did. They saw all the different monarchies and dictatorships and all the tyrannical and oppressive regimes in history. And they're like, we don't want that. So when they started the United States of America, they wrote up the constitution and they created the different branches of government. And they really were trying to make sure that it was as just and fair and equal as possible. Now, because of sin, because the world is broken and is imperfect, we're obviously never going to have a perfect government because nothing's going to be perfect when humans are involved, at least not in this world. Um, but I do think that the the American government is a pretty well designed government um, and, and it's been pretty effective. It's lasted for 250 years. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, another thing the president can do is he gets to inform Congress of what's called the State of the Union. So, like, typically he gives a big State of the Union speech, but it is literally about the state, as in the status. Of the Union, that's the United States of America. So he is telling them, um, hey, this is what's going on. I think that you guys should make these laws, um, pass these bills, because this is what's going on in the United States of America. And nowadays, that State of the Union address to Congress is televised. So like we all get to watch it. Every American gets to watch it. So nowadays, not only is he talking to Congress, he's talking to the whole population of America. Everyone can watch it on TV. But I think that's cool how he gets to communicate to them and tell them that um and it's fun to watch on tv when it happens now congress is really important because they declare war so we america doesn't like the president can't just grab the army and go fight somebody the congress the one has a vote and declare yes we're going to declare war so like in world war ii um pearl harbor happened and franklin um roosevelt fdr was like yeah we need to uh fight japan now because they just attacked us but he couldn't make that decision. It was Congress. They had a vote, and they're the ones yes, who declared war on Japan. They said, yes, we're going to go fight Japan because they attacked us. And so Congress declares war, but the president is called the commander-in-chief of the military forces. So once the war starts, once Congress declares war, the president is in um, communication with all his generals, and he has a big say over actually what happens in the military and what happens in the actual functions of the war once Congress declares war. So that's the cool checks and balances. All of these things I'm saying, they're called checks and balances. It's balancing out the power. It's putting checks on power. It's making sure that no one is too powerful um, and no one becomes a dictator. Now, Congress, I told you earlier that Congress passes laws, but the president can veto those laws. Vetoes are really important concept to understand because basically Congress votes on a law and they pass that law and then it goes to the president for him to sign to make it become official. And then if he doesn't like it, he can veto it and say no and he's not going to sign it. But if it, it then goes back to Congress. So if the president vetoes it, Congress has to vote again and they need a two-thirds majority to make it become a law. So basically If everyone in Congress really wants this to be a law and you're getting Democrats and Republicans to both vote on the same thing, which, by the way, is really, really rare nowadays because we're so divided. Democrats and Republicans rarely vote on the same thing, which is sad, in my opinion. But if there's some law that was really, really important and you get two thirds of Congress to vote on it, then they could pass it even if the president vetoes it. They can override his veto. So that's pretty cool. Now, the Senate, like I told you, there's the Senate and the House. Those are both parts of Congress. The Senate must approve treaties that the president makes. So the president makes um, treaties with other countries and, and, he, and he talks to other leaders. But the Senate has to approve those treaties. He can't just do whatever he wants. The same thing when the president nominates um, people to feel like judge positions or his cabinet members or ambassadors um supreme court judges um justices all of those like positions the president gets to nominate the people for those positions he gets to put the people into those jobs but the senate has to approve those things so the president has a lot of power he gets to make a lot of decisions but then the senate is kind of Kind of like a parent almost. Um, it's like when you're, when, you're, when you're a teenager and you, you start getting more independence, you got to start making decisions. You get to choose who you want to hang out with, where you want to work, what you want to do, what you want to study in school. But for a lot of those things, even though you're the one deciding those things, your parents still have to approve it. So it's not quite the same, but it's a similar way to think about it where the president is deciding all these things and doing all these things, but the Senate, kind of like parents, is saying, yes, you can do those things. So that's interesting. Not saying the Senate is the mom or dad of the President, but they do have they do have to approve some of the decisions he makes Now. the President also has power over Congress, over the Senate, and the house, and that 's how this is different in the example of a kid. In a parent because the president can call a special session of congress so congress isn't meeting all the time they have sessions where they, where they meet and so if they're not meeting the congress and the president wants them to meet then the president can call a special session of congress and they all have to come meet or he can dismiss them so like if they're meeting he's like no stop meeting he can dismiss congress as well so that's how i'm saying it's not exactly like a parent and a child it's more like it's kind of like co-workers to a degree uh but not quite, actually. It's hard to explain because that's why it's really, it's really unique and really special. Because the Congress, the Senate, and the House, they have power over the President. But the pa- President also has power over Congress and the Senate and the House. And so, the, the, like I said, they're branches. The, the executive branch, the legislative branch, they work together. So that's really cool. Um, so the, um, the Congress, like I said, they set the salary for the president and other officials of the executive branch. So the president is deciding, oh yeah, I want a million bucks this year. I want two million bucks this year. He can't do that. So the president, the vice president, and all the other officials in the executive branch that get federal salaries, those salaries are being set by Congress. Now, the congressional committees, which if you don't know what that means, those are the organizations inside Congress that Basically make decisions about specific things. So there's like a committee for agriculture. There's a committee for foreign relations. There's a committee for uh, this and that and the other thing. Like there's all sorts of committees where it's just like senators or um, people in the House. And they get formed into committees. And then one day make decisions in the committees, they then present their decision to the rest of Congress to vote on. So it's kind of how... They can get more things done because not everyone's voting on everything. They they make things in two committees, if that makes sense. But like I said, the committees um, in Congress, they do investigative actions of the president. So if they're like, what's the president doing? Or what are these other executive officials doing? Then often they'll do investigative actions into what they're doing. Or sometimes the president could ask them, hey, can you investigate this? And then they'll do an investigative action for the president or for the vice president or whoever else is asking them. So it works b- both ways. Um, and then the last thing I really want to tell you guys about that's super important um, and this kind of bounces off the idea of investigating the president is that the House of Representatives has the power to impeach the president. So they're investigating the president uh, and they're like we think the president is doing something sketchy doing something illegal um, not fulfilling his job as the president then they can impeach him and impeachment is a massive thing especially nowadays going on with donald trump you know everyone trying to impeach donald trump Um, but other presidents in the past have almost been impeached or have been impeached for example you have um you have andrew johnson who was president after abraham lincoln you have bill clinton um richard nixon so these guys in the past, have been impeached or, or almost been impeached. They um, like Nixon resigned before he was impeached. But what the impeachment is, is the House of Representatives, they investigate into the president and what he's doing and they vote. And they're like, yes, uh, we think that he is not worthy of being president. We think that he is doing things uh, illegal or he's not fulfilling his job duties as president. But impeachment does not end your presidency. Once a president is impeached, it goes to the Senate. And the Senate um, does what's called an impeachment trial. And so impeachment is basically an accusing. The, the House is accusing the president, but then the trial in the Senate is actually the conviction where the Senate is like, yes, the president is actually guilty of this impeachment, and they need to be removed from office. And that has never happened. Um, no, no president has ever been removed from office. They've never been convicted uh, by the Senate. They have been impeached. So like I said, Andrew Johnson was impeached. Bill Clinton was impeached. um, Donald Trump is getting impeached and then – or has been impeached. And then Richard Nixon almost got impeached, but then he resigned. So those are four presidents that have really been affected by impeachment. And I feel like nowadays, more recently, everyone is always talking about, oh, impeach this president, impeach that president. And impeachment is supposed to be like a really big deal. For like When the president's like a traitor to the nation in like – doing something really bad. And obviously, people who don't like Donald Trump would argue, oh yeah, he's horrible and we need to impeach him. And some people like, impeach this person, impeach that person. I feel like nowadays it is used as a weapon by political parties just trying to impeach their enemies. And that's not what the point of it was when the Founding Fathers set up impeachment. It's supposed to be to make sure that we don't get a tyrannical dictator or we don't get some evil person who's going to ruin America. And so I just be cautious that we don't overuse impeachment. But it is it is a valid thing that the House gets to do and the Senate gets to convict them. And that's a process that's set up. And that's the whole point of, of this, today's podcast is that there's all these different processes that have been set up between the executive branch and the legislative branch. And we did not even get into the judicial branch. That's a whole other branch that our government has. But I think that if you're an American citizen, it's super important to understand what your government is, at least like the different branches and how they relate to each other. Because we have the amazing privilege to vote for our leaders, which many people in other nations, they can't vote for the leaders. They just have to hope that they get someone who's going to be nice to them. But here in America, we have the power to investigate these things, learn about these things, uh, campaign if we want to, or vote for um, the like vote for those that we want to vote for. And we make committees ourselves and organizations and get other people to help us vote for the candidates that we like. And so we have a a lot more political power. Every citizen does in America. A lot more political power than many other nations. And so I think we should definitely... Be glad of that freedom we have, glad of that power we have. And so the big takeaway from today is just understand what goes on in the government, at least to a degree, so that you make informed decisions and that you can go and vote and you can talk with others, with your neighbors and your friends and ask them what they're voting about. And if they're not voting, try to convince them to vote. If they are voting, maybe convince them to vote your way. And that's the really cool thing about America is we have free speech and we can all... Vote different ways, and we won't get in trouble for how we vote. At least, hopefully not. <laughs> We're not supposed to get in trouble for how we vote, and so you should be able to talk with someone who is voting differently than you and agree to disagree and just have helpful conversations. And nowadays, that really does not happen a lot at all. That really, um, helpful conversations when people can talk to people with disagreeing um points of view, that is that is very rare. And so I just encourage you, um. To try to engage in those conversations. like Talk to people who have different opinions than you and just listen to them and hear the different opinions. Don't, don't yell at them. Don't get angry at them. Don't try to convince them your way. I may try to convince them a little bit. But in the end, you have to be okay with disagreeing. And I think that really grows you as a person and makes you have better relationships with people. And so, yeah, that's my encouragement to everyone, everyone in America. Stop fighting. Stop arguing so much. Stop, stop. Like, like, arguing and debating is good. That's a very good thing. It makes you smarter. It makes you think about your ideas. And maybe you'll end up that you're actually changing your mind instead. Or in a good debate, you might convince the other person to change their mind. But debates and arguments nowadays, those are just yelling matches and fights. And no one is listening to anyone else. And it, Yeah. So that's, it's really sad to me, honestly, that people don't know how to listen anymore. They talk, talk, talk. They yell, yell, yell. And they have all their ideas. And they don't listen to anyone else's ideas. And so I think it's really important that all the time you spend talking... You also spend listening. Like I just, I'm i making this 20-minute podcast where I'm just talking to you guys about what I know and what I think. But the reason I know these things is because I've done research. I've listened. I've read. I- I've learned. And, and so I've, then I've thought and I've developed my opinions. And I, for every time I make a podcast, I have spent even more time learning before I make the podcast, reading and listening and watching. And so I think that's really important for everyone is for all the time you spend talking – all the time you spend writing and typing things up on social media and talking to your relatives and your friends and your neighbors. Spend even more time listening to them and learning from them and from everyone else around you. Just get more information because the more information you have, the, the more effective um, your, your arguments will be and the more logical your ideas will be. You need to have that information and that evidence to back up your opinions. So yeah, um, that is the executive in the legislative branches of the government. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want more political podcast content, let me know. Maybe if I can do enough of these, I'll get a collab with Ben Shapiro one day. But yeah, that's the Nerdcast. Please uh, follow and give us a good rating, a five-star review, um, but an honest review. So if, if, like I said, agree or disagree. If you hate my podcast, then give me a one-star. That's fine. But anyway, have a great day. I hope you enjoyed.